Weird Expectations. <laughs> Sounded sad. <laughs> if you're a real head, you know what that was about. Mad TV back in the day. Why did you want to start with that? I don't know. It just popped into my head when we were talking about recording a podcast. He was looking at me and then his first thought was lowered expectations. That's not true. I, <laughs> you were out feeding the chick or putting the chickens <laughs> to bed and I was thinking about it when I was in here and oh. then I came out there and it was just in my head. So yeah, hi. That's a little insight into our regular life. <laughs> and then and then Temba started talking like a German dictator about the chickens. Well, well. We don't need to go into all of that, no. but it wasn't I it didn't just happen randomly. No. You started you, I said don't I said mine girls. Mine girls, yeah. Mine girl. And then we started joking about chicken Nazis. But anyway, <laughs> hi guys. Um gosh, it's been a few weeks. Yes. Hope you're doing okay out there. I hope that adrenaline dump uh is mellowing out for some and we're putting all of our efforts and and intentions into an organized and sustained fight for uh black liberation and freedom for all at this point yeah stay in the streets keep it going i don't know (laughs) (laughs) could we talk about that like about the the Peaceful co-option. The pe- I put pe- I'm putting peaceful in quote air quotes. That's not what I mean by stay in the streets. Oh, what do you mean? I mean the opposite of that. Keep, keep, keep Fucking the, shit up. Keep, keep cops busy, yeah. Yeah. Just... Yeah. Yeah. I guess not. that's not maybe what it means to everybody, but... I think... I guess like... This. So there's been protests happening every day for... Going on three weeks now, I guess. Yeah. Um, something that I started to notice when we were going down... Um, mostly just going downtown because it's easy for us to just bike there and look around and see what's happening. Um, is there's that thing that happens in my understanding with any kind of a social movement, I guess you'd call it, um, where this like emphasis gets put on peace and peacefulness and all of that stuff as like the only just and right way of protesting like enormous inhumane injustices, you know? Yeah, people have been brainwashed into that. Um, that's not what I mean when I say get in the streets. Like, I don't really... Personally, I don't... Yeah, I, it it's hard for me to fuck with protests. These, yeah, just, like, peaceful protests. Because so-called I don't protests. So-called, yeah. Because I don't see any change coming from them. It's like voting. It's like this little thing you get, this little crumb you get fed to placate you. You're like, okay, I went and I did something, but yeah. it doesn't, I don't see much change coming from that at all. Like all the protesting and sit-ins and stuff that was happening during the civil rights movement didn't do a whole lot. It was the riots after Martin Luther King got assassinated that created the civil rights bill. Mm. Um, and yeah, you know, it's the his... fear. It's inst- It's actually uh, like the fear for the government officials need to have f- true fear instilled in them. It seems like yeah. for that to happen, and so-called civil protesting, peaceful protesting doesn't instill that fear. That's no. you know perfectly manageable. It's got to be yeah. If if people aren't inconvenienced, if shit's not getting. I mean, it doesn't necessarily have to be, like, marching the street with guns, but shit needs to be disrupted, otherwise 
nothing's going to change. Yeah. Like, whether that's, yeah, forcing the police to spend their entire budget on a, overtime or whatever uh-huh. it is to uh-huh. um, manage people or, yeah, shutting down precincts, freeways oh, yeah. or <laughs> shutting, like, dock workers refusing to unload goods and services. Like, the machine understands, like, you know... It's bottom line being threatened. Yeah, and money, machine understands commerce. money. Yeah, yeah, and it, it, and protests don't the the kind of protests we're talking about don't necessarily disrupt. Yeah. They're not. They simply aren't disruptive enough. They working, might shut down traffic. Yeah, working with the police and yeah, saying okay, we'll be gone by this time, or mm-hmm. we'll be here in this area, mm-hmm. and that doesn't. We're not with all that. No. <laughs> we, so we biked down. Uh, I guess that was probably last week at some point. Bike down to some, something, we just wanted to go on a bike ride, and we went, to, and I was like, well, let's go see where this uh, movement, has, uh, this protest is moving. And we went, and we got there, and we happened to walk in on it while everyone was on their knees praying. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and that's just not it for us, for me, for you. It's, no. It's, um... The language of the colonizer is not going to fucking no, disrupt the colonizer. <laughs> like, it's just, it was pretty weird. And actually, shortly thereafter, someone I know was tweeting about it, who, who was down there who I didn't know, and was like, what is, what ha- what was this? Because, like, some, uh, there was just something very fishy about the whole thing. Yeah. It's like, you people need to know their fucking history. Christianity was used as a tool of enslavement. Like, re- like whatever your personal views on religion are, that's fine. But I think personally, like, especially for Black people, they need to wake the fuck up with Christianity. Like, that is not our religion. This that is not for us. Christianity, like, literally, was adopted by the Romans to like placate people and designed to placate people. Um. Anything that's taking your personal power away from you, like, is highly suspect. And, you know, like, so much of the stuff that, well, maybe not a lot of people are talking about this, but uh, a lot of the divides and um, fucked up shit that a lot of black people do, like, to black women and black trans women, like, homophobia, a lot of that is motivated by Christianity and, like, mimicking the dominator culture that Mm. colonialism has, like, thrust upon us. Mm. And it's like, we're... This movement, freedom, is never going to happen unless it's for everyone, for the people that are most affected by by, uh, this dominator system, this capitalist system. Mm -hmm. And until, you know, we can break your mind out of that brainwashing yeah and see that you know there is no freedom unless it's freedom for all of us and that's across the board like you know start it needs to start with black people seeing that with other black people no matter you know what their gender identity is, presentation, sexuality, any of that stuff, like, you know, um, and... I mean, gender, gender is, uh, was, is a violent, 
a structure that was imposed by colonial Christianity as well, you know? Yeah. Like, that's part of, you know, the so-called decolonization of your mind, too, is recognizing that all of all of that is a product of uh, white supremacist colonial programming, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, to have, like, erased um, indigenous, and by indigenous, I mean indigenous Africans as well, like, to erase the culture and re- religion or ritual of those cultures is a product a project of colonialism yeah. as well completely, we're completely cut off and disconnected from our people our roots our own you know our own stories about ourselves our our origin mm-hmm. our our original culture you know we've pieced together our own culture here mm-hmm. um so, so, I'm sorry to interrupt that. No, no, no. I was going to say, as someone who grew up in the church and still, you know, struggles with a particular family member who's very, like, insistent on Christianity, you know, and the power it holds, it's like, some part of me really understands that, like, through the years and the project of colonization, how the church then became this place where black, that black people also had mm-hmm. to create community where they were safe from violent white people, you know? And so it's like, in some ways I have to, you know, see that it's not easy for anyone who finds value in that community space that church creates for some. Mm -hmm. It's not easy to just, oh, okay, like, you're right, I just need to give that up, you know? So I I have to, like, have an amount of compassion for the fact that, like, that is also a space that is holds a lot of value, community, love, care, mutualism, and all this stuff for people. But is it love and care if we're, you know, if, if it's, it's excluding ex- excluding members of that community, yeah. you know, like... Well, and I mean, no, I but... think it's, it's also completely possible if, you, you know, to believe in God and want to be a Christian and still see the human value in people that are homosexual or Mm -hmm. transgender or, you know, any of the things that a lot of religion has, you know, vilified. Mm -hmm. So what do you think of (coughs) the weird, the part, the weird part of the protest where like, there's always, it's not always, but like it's in certain at certain ones that we have been at, was it just that one or was there another one? There's kind of been other mm. prayer church vibes at some of them. There was there was one, I think you were there before me and I yeah. caught up to you. And, oh, sure, yeah. yeah and you were like, eh, it's kind of churchy. Yeah, there was some piano playing and not actual church hymns, but church hymn-esque anthems being... Um, some, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, I get you know, and it's also like for me, it's like I'm I'm white. I I don't really feel like it's my place to be judging that per se. You know, like that's the, those are the people leading it, and like that's how they're choosing to like express the unity that they're they're um, facilitating in those. But, yeah. You know, I'm also someone who has experienced my own like uh, violent interactions with Christians, and like have my own feelings about the church you know mm-hmm. and about the violence that it imposes on people in micro and macro ways so i don't know i just it's not it's it's it seems very complicated it's like di- yeah difficult to stomach i guess 
in some ways. And I don't know, I guess like this whole kind of like call for unity that keeps coming up is maybe a part of that like complication i mean i'm unity's fine but you know if if it's gonna be church organizations that want to be a part of that they need to like drop the transphobic shit drop mm-hmm. the homophobic shit mm-hmm. like they need to evolve their shit because well, it's not unity if you're like hey everyone come together but being mm-hmm. gay's wrong mm-hmm. you know that's not fucking unity and I guess it's kind of piggybacks on that conversation we had the other day about the, if you want to talk about this, the no name and the, um, oh, oh the, um, b- 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 the coop. Oh no, that's that's his band. Uh, I can't remember. What I keep wanting to is. say Briscoe Diggs, but that's no. <laughs> <laughs> what is this? Um, Boots Riley. Boots Riley, yeah, yeah. So there was some Twitter, uh, uh not on Twitter, but there was like a. Uh, mediated live video conversation between this rapper, artist, activist, book club uh, facilitating person, no name, who I, re- I really just learned about, I don't know that much about, and Boots Riley, the director and musician. Um, and, yeah, activist, activist, I guess, from the Bay Area. And people on Twitter took a... Uh, I mean, the, I, I watched a half the half of the video that people were kind of taking issue with, which was where... The facilitator asked, hey, like, what's one thing you wish you really wish people were doing in the movement or right now? And No Name said, like, you know, standing up for black women and black trans women and, you know, fighting for them and actually doing something for them, saying their names, like caring, you know, essentially is what she was saying. And um, Boots Riley couldn't. (laughs) You watched Mm. a little of it with me, right? Like, yeah, it's like he couldn't. he couldn't like step back and see it apart from his own uh, defensive feeling of being like he. It seemed like he was. Uh, it was affecting him like he was a man being called out and he needed yeah. to defend himself. Well, was, but he wasn't being called out. Uh, no name just straight up asked like, uh, what was it? It was something like, why do you think or why why is it that black cis men, um, was it? Was it directly trans transphobic or was it our misogyn misogynoir? Yeah, it was something around. around there, I those. mean, there were. She said, "Man, I don't know her pronouns, their pronouns, but many <clears throat> said several things." Um, okay, so I don't know which. That part. was the one I I remember. Something something to the effect of asking Boots, uh, why um, black men weren't. What was the yeah? What was the root? What do what did what did he think the root mm-hmm. of black men not speaking up for black women and mm-hmm. black trans women mm-hmm. was? And in our talking about that, you you said you also feel like it's. I think you said you feel like it's somewhat rooted in Christianity or like a. Well, I mean, I think a lot of the homophobia and transphobia in the black community comes from religion, and yeah, also from just like parroting the you know white respectability colonized mindset that's Mm. you know that they're that a lot of people are mimicking Mm. um and yeah that i I guess that kind of ties into respectability politics Mm. where you're like you know you're trying to show that you like the oppressor that you are that you are very good by the rules that Mm -hmm. they say Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. count or whatever Mm -hmm. um yeah. <laughs> um, 
So that's the first thing. <laughs> we, we didn't plan on talking about all that. But. Oh, it's all good. I mean, we can talk. That's... You want to talk about what you did this morning? Oh, this morning. Uh, what did I do? I went to the rifle range and sighted in my first rifle. Um, this is something we you were like trying to get me to talk about yes. like a couple months ago, but <laughs> I didn't. Ready for it. I didn't have. Uh, I didn't actually. I'm still waiting. Um, I think for my background check to get a rifle. Mm. Um, so I am. I mean, you've heard probably us talk about this before. I'm super into self sufficiency, and you know, I have a garden here. Not enough to really like live not you know, yet to fully provide all of our vegetable needs but we're it's egg a, self-sufficient right we're now. egg self-sufficient right now which is really cool thanks to the chickies um but uh yeah sourcing our own meat is something that's important to me so um two years ago we went hunting deer hunting oh, like well, a year and a half yeah year and a half mm-hmm. when we went back to minnesota to visit genevieve's parents and like to me that was like it's something i've been thinking about for a while just because i want to unplug from uh the industrialized agriculture system as much as i can and uh that experience kind of like solidified it for me i was like okay i gotta figure out this hunting thing and sourcing our own meat is you know because i i don't know my personal body does not do well on a vegetarian diet and i doubt it would very well on a vegan diet um I was forced into being a vegetarian mm-hmm. for the first 10 years of my life. Mm-hmm. Check out that um, episode, Life Eats Life. We talk uh, in depth about our various meat eating and not meat eating. So um, that, for my body type, uh, when I started eating more meat, um, definitely my I felt that was the right thing for my body. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Oh, fuck, how long ago? The process has been... I, I started the process right before Rona, and then because of Rona, like, a bunch of it slowed down, but... Right, you had I to get a, your birth certificate. Yeah, that slowed it down a little. There's a lot of stuff to do with guns. I guess first, I would say I'm I'm pro-gun, for sure, um, but I think it's way too easy to get fucking guns. I think guns should be, you know, kind of like your driver's license. To get a gun, you have to go to a an intensive class and get a license for every type of firearm you want to have like i think if you want to have a machine gun that's fine but you need to go do that 10 day two week machine gun class or whatever i don't know maybe people don't need fully automatic weapons i'm i'm in the camp <laughs> i i so i guess i can't say too much but having experience <laughs> with fully automatic weapons while they are fun i do not think they're necessary yeah i felt the power between my <laughs> arms and i understand that it's fun i don't think there's a place for them even as a form of entertainment yeah i just don't i don't i don't even really think we i i firmly do not believe we need semi-automatic weapons i don't believe we need automatic weapons i I'm like, a, I don't know if there's a term for it because I haven't really studied or looked into gun control, but I am for um, rifles or 22s or what, what? what's the one that you would need for a larger game? Uh, I mean, there's several. But okay, well, it's not a large, A large caliber <laughs> rifle. A larger caliber. Like, I, I am for hunting uh, guns. I think um, being able to harvest your own meat in a respectful and, like, 
yeah, in a respectful way is important and will become increasingly important as our environment breaks down. Um, and yeah, but I don't really think we need fun, blap, 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 blap. I can feel so powerful right now because it is fucking powerful. Yeah. But I don't but think it, it's true power. It's, it's false, inauthentic but, power and I don't believe in it. But that, I think that's also part of it. I don't think... I think the way it's framed now is like, oh, this is, you know, a, a right, like, everyone can just have it for fun. I think just the ease that it is to get them is, is, is too much. Like, I think you need to be trained to have these things. Like, even driver's license is too fucking easy to get. Right, there's because so it's many, very dangerous to drive. Yeah, there's <laughs> so many, like, idiots on the road, but... I'm also extremely into people, personal choice and personal freedom. Like, I don't think anyone should tell, you know, I think, I think you should be, uh, educated and trained to use the things that you have, but I don't, I don't think that, um, people should be telling other people what they can and cannot do. I don't know. I'm more, I'm more of like a degrowth person where I'm like, yes, we've, we have developed all of these technologies and all of these tools, but take a step back and look at what we actually need. And I think there are certain tools and technologies that we absolutely do not need and should be regulated or abolished in some cases. Mm. I don't think every invention that humans are capable of coming up with is a good invention, is a, mm-hmm. is a ethical invention. And I think we've seen that across history. There's been tons of <laughs> so many unethical inventions, including colonialism, imperialism, slavery, whatever, you know, it's like, but, just but because you can, I think a lot of, should. a lot of those things are also, you got to look at the scale. Those aren't personal. Those are systemic. Right. Same thing with like, but nu- I, but nuclear, I see... same thing with like nuclear right. weapons. There's not a personal nuclear right. thing. I don't, yeah, I don't think we should have but I think I th- power plants or weapons. But I mean, who are the who are the industries? Who are the people who invented and c- continue to invent and and hone in on these? You know, like an automatic weapon. Like it's 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 industries of war and imperialism. Mm-hmm. So it's like the inventors of those weapons aren't doing good things to have made those. So maybe we shouldn't trust the inventors. Maybe we shouldn't invest in those. You I know? agree in that, but with the caveat of I don't trust governments or police to have <laughs> those things. That. If no, if no it's one going, should. If That's it's going point. away, it all has to go that away. That is my point. But my point is to shut down the war machine. Unfortunately, we don't live there. We I think people need to have access to those things until the revolution happens and then figure it out from there. I don't know. Because it, yeah, it, it's, not coming, it's not coming peacefully. I mean, I hear you. you. Know, I hear you. And weren't we having a conversation where I was like, what if, like, enough National Guard, like, abandoned their post but also stole a bunch of gear and redistributed it among civilians <laughs> Did, what was that conversation we were having i don't remember because you're Sorry. right and i and i do see i do <clears throat> see that side as well i'm like okay we want to shut it down but do i think that going through government re, government channels and like civil discourse with city council is going to shut down the imperial war machine no, no i do not do i think bloody you know bloody and righteous you know revolutionary civilian warfare might Maybe if we can get enough people on board, am I am I too much of a pussy to actually do it? Probably, <laughs> you know. I mean, these are those are the things I consider. It's like macro to micro. Like, am I really willing to like go get slaughtered by somebody? I don't know. 
you know? Is a war machine willing to give up its immense wealth and, and domination? Of Probably course not. not. So, I don't know. But I, I hear what you're saying. I just, I personally, I guess, like, I am for hunting guns and uh, I don't know. But we've, I've been derailed. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm for, yes, I'm for people ha- be- being able to have guns. We What guns those are is debatable for another time, but it is too easy to get a gun mm. in this country. Mm-hmm. There needs to be fucking uh, uh, intensive training to have a firearm, and you need to go through different levels of training for different firearms. Mm. Um, and there needs to be mandated psych tests. Um, Psychology is really a fucked up... Uh... It's a fucked up round. It though. can be, but it's better than what we have now, which is nothing. It's I true. literally walked into a gun store, yeah. took the gun safety test without test without pre- without uh, studying for it, yeah. and passed it. Yeah, like it's gnarly easy. Yeah, and ca- we live in California, which is the hardest state to get a gun in. Yeah, and it was really easy. Yeah, the hardest part like, was waiting for if, your birth certificate. Yeah, to if you. Think that. Think about it. Like we live in the toughest state to buy a gun, and I was able to get one without even studying for the test. Yeah. Like the the test I'm studying the the uh, the thing I had to pass to get a hunting license. It was harder than the sa- firearm safety test mm-hmm. just to buy a gun. Mm-hmm. Um, Can. Is it too derailing if we talk about why gun control laws even I mean, exist? we can get into that, but that's... <laughs> I mean, yeah, gun control is... No, let's let's finish the hunting thing. All right, all right. Um, so... This morning. This morning, I went to uh, my first, like, official firing range. Mm-hmm. I've been to some, like, unofficial ones where it's just, like, people go there and shoot. Um, but this is like, you know, legit, you go and you pay, you get this stall or whatever it is to sight in my rifle after Yay. I, I got, what did I do? Oh, I, I had to put a scope on it, um, and taught myself how to, I mean, it's, I guess it's not really that hard, but I am a, I forget the word, there's a name for it, but I'm an adult onset hunter. Which oh, that's right. <laughs> which adult is adult onset. That's what it's hunter. called in some of the stuff I was reading. It's cute. <laughs> which is the hardest way apparently mm. to start hunting because you don't. Mm. I don't know. Uh, I know people who hunt, but I don't know anyone in my area really or that I'm close with. You know, so that's I don't. I don't have a mentor or anything like that. So I'm like, literally like t- teaching myself. How. And you watch Steve Rinella. Well, that doesn't teach you how to hunt. No. Um. Like, taught myself how to sight in a rifle. Um, took me a little longer than some of the stuff I was reading how to do, but I got it. Um, and so he hit only the middle of the target. That was just for one. Oh. I, <laughs> oh. But um, that was my exciting news for today. So mm-hmm. we're hoping to get on to some meat self-sufficiency soon. Um, the plan is, I guess... In the area we live, um, we still have to drive, I don't know, like two and a half, maybe three hours to get to an area we can hunt, um, is to hunt jackrabbits, um, which they're, at least for our area, from what I've researched so far, is the most, like, sustainable and ecologically sound um, critter to 
hunt. Because there's a lot of them. There's, overpopulation. yeah. There's a, over, not necessarily overpopulation, but there's no bag limit and you can hunt year round for them. Um, whereas in California, a lot of the, the bigger game animals, there's a lot of competition to get tags for, like mm-hmm. deer. Um, and a lot of them lit are, uh, Actually, wild pigs is what I really want to hunt because there's an epidemic of wild pigs going on through the country right mm-hmm. now, and they like <clears throat> attack and just do a lot of like uh, what's the word when you like fuck up the ground? Uh, rooting erosion. Erosion, yeah. Um, there's a, a huge wild pig problem in the U.S. and they erode a lot of mm-hmm. land. Um, but in California, unfortunately, they're attracted to like crops. So a lot of them are on like private property. Um, and a lot of landowners, um, take advantage of that by charging hunters to come. I mean, I mean, it's their land. They can do what they want, but I can't afford to pay $1,500 to go fucking hunt a pig. No, it's ridiculous. (laughs) Um, I get it. I mean, land is more expensive in California, I guess, so to offset property taxes, whatever. But... I mean, and it's a it's a business. Yeah. Like, they, a lot of, like, Tahoe Ranch, which is close to oh, us sure. here in L.A., yeah. like, they make a lot of money off of outfitters um, paying mm-hmm. them to bring people to go mm-hmm. hunt pigs and deer on That their kind land. of thing just always seems, I mean, I know it's not, but it always just gives me, like, a safari vibe. It's weird. It's not a oh, safari. Oh, like an outfitter? Yeah, yeah, it just reminds me of, like, big game hunters who go to mm. the Sahara to, like, kill a zebra and yeah. pose something. It's just weird. I don't know. I, I guess, I mean, I woke I, I grew up with the luxury of being on land that you can just walk out and hunt and there's no one around, you know? Yeah, I'm not interested in that at all. I mean, it's like, I guess on one hand, I kind of get it. It's like, you're, you have like one weekend to go do it. You don't have a whole lot of time to go out and track animals or, you Mm -hmm. you know, you live in a city somewhere Mm -hmm. and... I don't know, you're in corporate America and you can afford to just go pay and go do a weekend where you're like mostly guaranteed to get something as opposed to like, yeah, going out and like do like spot and stock hunting where, you know, you could be out for a week or something like Mm -hmm. that or I don't know. I don't really know what I'm talking about there, but (laughs) Um, yeah, so you're good to go as soon as you get your hunting license. Yeah, I passed all the things with a hunting license, so I just need to literally just pay for it. Mm, um, perfect. So we could head out next weekend. We could. There is one thing I learned about with uh, jackrabbits, though. So they're a hare. They're not actually a rabbit. Right. But they um, are missing a couple amino acids to be a complete protein. So mm-hmm. we can't subsist solely on those, but we eat a lot of other vegetables and yeah. shit. Okay. <laughs> Good to know, though. You know? Yeah. Can't be getting the scurvy. <laughs> I don't know if we get scurvy from that. Um, <laughs> so, backing up, what was... Um, I feel like you'll be able to speak on this better than I will, about the why gun control laws were even implemented oh, in yeah, the so U.S. Gun control basically is not as old as a lot of people think. Gun control came out... Uh, can't remember the year but it basically yeah late 60s early 70s gun control is actually uh legislature was actually put in by the nra um and um reagan 
I yeah. say. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was actually to prevent black people from having guns because uh, white people got so scared when they saw the Black Panthers legally wielding weapons. And they were doing they police patrols. Police patrols. Um, and they legally went to like the state capitol um, bearing arms. And um, uh, where's I going with that? Um, so yeah, it was, it was gun control started. Um, to disarm black to people. To disarm black people. And and then not not, not uh, soon after, it was completely reversed and became about everyone has this right or whatever. Like, the way the NRA initially... The NRA's first, like, goal was to take away people's rights to arms. And no, black people. Black people's rights to yeah. arms. I mean, the, if you look at the NRA's voting history, like... You'll see anytime it's some kind of like white shooter, like school shooting type thing, they're like, oh, no, no, no. Mm-hmm. And then they're completely silent anytime mm-hmm. it's a, a black person um, that, whether it's a illegal or legal reason for having a gun. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, the NRA has kind of shifted from, I think they originally started as like World War II vets coming back mm-hmm. and teaching people gun safety. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it eventually just became like the lobbying arm of the, of, uh, the, the weapons industry. Oh, yeah. Um, so the NRA doesn't really give a fuck about people at all. They're, um, just a, a lobby, uh, another ar- tentacle of the lobbying arm mm-hmm. of, um, the weapons industry. So what, is there any part of, like, owning a gun for you as a black person that holds any, I don't know, significance in that I history? think all black people should be fucking armed. Yeah. Like, yeah. Get get your training, get armed, join the um, NAARA, National African American Rifle Association. Um, I mean, if you want to be, I don't, I don't think people should have one if they don't want one. Yeah. Um, I mean, for you, you, you specifically want it to hunt, but mm-hmm. there is that added benefit of also knowing that you are protecting yourself, you know, if, if need be. Yeah. I mean, I think on an interpersonal level, I don't think even if I had a handgun or something like that, I don't think it was something I would really walk around with or anything like that. I personally would ha- want to have it more if I lived like in a state that had open carry, mm-hmm. like, and I, you know, I, I would be like, I, did I tweet that or no, I storied about how a, a militia in Delaware where I went to high school showed up to a, a protest to protect protesters, mm-hmm. something of that mm-hmm. nature, I think mm-hmm. is something I'd be more inclined to do, but I don't feel like, um, I don't feel threatened on an interpersonal level for personal protection per se, but I think as a political statement mm-hmm. and in the larger scheme of things of being able to protect myself, the people around me from state violence mm-hmm. right? is, um, yeah, it's not to like, yeah, hurt your neighbor. It's not because I think I'm going to get robbed in the street. Right. Exactly. No. And I think like. Yeah, I feel like it's a, it's definitely, I can't remember where I was going, but just being, it's, it, it letting people know that that's where gun control came from, you know? I oh think no, it's fucking, most li- people would not think progressive that. liberals, like, are idiots. Well, like, and I told you this, that, like, 
when we first met, I can't, very, like, pretty early in our relationship, there was one point where you brought up the Black Panthers, and I don't know if you remember this, but, like, I, I was like, aren't they a terrorist organization? Because I, in my life, and in what I have, you know, what I had come into contact at that time, had been fed and swallowed that propaganda. Mm-hmm. Because that was what the government labeled the Black Panthers as, you know? So, I would gather, I would guess that many other white people and people in general have also swallowed that propaganda and don't realize what it, like, you know, COINTELPRO, which was the FBI, like, special project unit, what do you call it? It's like the special, I don't know the term. Um, Operation. The operation against, specifically to disband and, you know, disband and disarm the Black Panthers. Um, Yeah, and most, I think most people haven't thought too far about what was actually going on. And we yeah. watched this documentary the other night. I mean, yeah, the, the majority is, like, very early on in the Black Panthers that they're doing kind of, like, the armed um, patrols and stuff like that. But the vast majority of what the Black Panthers were doing didn't, mutual aid. didn't involve guns. Right. Yeah, it was mutual aid. It was organizing. And I think that was, you know... More dangerous. That was, that was what was dangerous to the FBI and the government and the status quo because, you know... There's the helicopter, $1,200 an hour. Black people walking around with guns is enough to scare white people into Mm -hmm. doing whatever you say. Mm -hmm. Um, But black people organizing with, you know, other other groups like Latin people, poor white people, people church people, like, that is a threat to capitalism. Mm -hmm. Um, People power. Yeah. As they coined it. I was also going to say, I I thought that the, something that keeps coming up for me is how interesting it was that the, um, because it was legal to openly carry guns, that that was like their way of doing the police patrol in Oakland, Mm -hmm. which now I think our phones have taken that place, you know, which is interesting because the phone is both like a weapon against us, but it's also a weapon we can use against the state. I don't think it is. No. How many people have been killed on camera? I don't know. It's not the same. It's not the same if as the, uh, if the power there's of a, gun. a gun. Yeah. Interesting. They don't give a fuck if you have a camera. I yeah, mean, you're right. Like, I, I think cops would still probably assume they're not going to get shot, but mm-hmm. I think that that would be uh, much more of a deterrent than a camera. And I think I think this thing I was just reading said that there were no. You know, there was no violence during that time when they were patrolling with guns, doing police mm-hmm. patrol with guns. It reduced it reduced the violence, police perpetrated violence in the neighborhood. Yeah. Whereas you're right. Like, and so I think, yeah, I guess that's what I was thinking is it's like, that's how we do it now. But yeah, you're right. Is it as effective? Yeah. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, the it's, it's a direct... Uh, it's a direct threat. Yeah. Like the camera, the phone, they know... That they're not going to be pro- prosecuted for um, whatever goes down. They're literally told that in their training. Mm-hmm. Like there's legislation that cops can't be um, can't be uh, prosecuted. Prosecuted, and they won't. They know that their uh, pensions immune. and stuff are yeah immune as long as they like you. Mm-hmm. You know, I saw. I just read this thing about. Oh, it was like not too long ago, about a, a black, um, I'm gonna say woman cop, um, but I don't know 
their gender that uh, I forget where it was um, stopped uh, a white police officer from employing a chokehold on a black suspect. I don't know if they were suspect, but a black person they were mm-hmm. they were putting a chokehold on stopped stopped this uh, white cop from doing it, and then uh, she got fired. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was before her her pension. Mm. Um, kicked in she had like one more year to get her pension so she had worked like 17 or 18 Mm. years as a cop um and also the same thing with uh the black cop in minneapolis that shot the white woman like he went to jail Mm -hmm. so even among cops like it's not uh unit you know the what what is it the blue line or whatever the fuck Mm. they call it isn't even applied universally Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. What else? Fuck pigs. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yes, fuck pigs. Do you want to talk about um, maybe just as a follow up from last week that we both have since spoken to National Lawyers Guild lawyers, and we also have found out that I guess I just received an email a couple hours ago that's just like um, again reiterating that our curfew violation has been thrown out. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So the last episode we talked about what we went through when we were detained. Um, and, uh, the National Lawyers Guild, I don't know if it was a lawsuit or through other means, but they, um, were able to, um, get anyone who had a curfew violation or an assembly violation or any of these, like, misdemeanors, uh, have them thrown out and they're working to have it expunged from our record as well. I would remember, remember the one thing that we, one of the things we said when we were sitting there waiting to be cuffed and you were like, I just hope I can still get a gun. (laughs) (laughs) Cause you know, this was your first time being arrested and it's like, we didn't know what the charge was going to be. We didn't know how long we were going to be in. We didn't know what it was going to look like. And you had just put in your background check, right? Yeah. Um, but luckily, uh, it was just filed as a misdemeanor and now it is going to be, it has been thrown out and is possibly going to be expunged. And then also, it's going to be a class action lawsuit, so we might mm-hmm. actually get paid for the annoying and uh, potentially violent experience of being in detainment. I mean, that would be, I mean, that's kind of a double-edged sword, I feel like. Like, it'd oh, be yeah. cool to, I guess, get paid out from that, but what sucks about it is that um, that money comes from us. That's the our taxpayers money. pay, <laughs> if you didn't, don't the know. The police department doesn't pay that. If you don't know. Anytime cops get sued mm-hmm. and lose their case, mm-hmm. like you successfully sue the cops, that money comes from the taxpayers. Wow. Like that, that should be illegal. Mm-hmm. If cops get sued for n- doing illegal shit and not doing their job properly, that should come out of the fucking cops' pension. That should come out of uh, whatever the cops' like police department's mm-hmm. budget is. Like taxpayers shouldn't be paying. Um, lawsuits for their negligence and their bullshit yeah cops shouldn't exist but in the meantime yeah (laughs) in the meantime um yeah that shouldn't be how it is so maybe we can take that money and funnel it into prison industrial complex abolition movements (laughs) something yeah Yeah, you know i mean it's probably not going to be that much money but yeah i guess it depends on how many people were arrested in total i heard it's in the thousands i don't know how many thousands in los angeles but so that has been thrown out, and then, uh, let's see, I talked to a National Lawyers Guild volunteer, because I guess they're gathering information for that lawsuit, is what mm-hmm. I presume that was for. Um, 
which was like weirdly triggering. I didn't expect it to be like yeah, a, a, yeah. Not because I not because I personally experienced any like advertent uh, violence or anything like that, but just thinking of the other things that I saw, you know. Mm. Um, which I think we talked about in the podcast. I was just like, it's just, you know, I fucking hate the cops. I hate them so much, so much. Um, yeah, I didn't really like talking about it. Just like that. When you experience, it's like, yeah, you just, you experience this, like, not even tip of the iceberg. It's like the air above the iceberg of how fucking vile cops, prisons, and the whole complex is mm-hmm. it's just it's vile it's it's just so outrageously vile yeah um so yeah fuck it all and i i i, I touched on this last week too like it's great to see so many people taking up abolition and the abolitionist cause which is something i've been um you know felt the most i guess passionate about in terms of justice work for for however many years um a lot of people are taking it up and learning about it and integrating it. It's also kind of weird because a lot of people are <laughs> integrating it <laughs> and uh, applying it and uh, using it in ways that I think are... I, I'm not an expert, but that seem a little weird and off to me. But, I mean, I think it's all towards, hopefully, yeah, a good goal of at least... If, like, normalizing those ideas is... is it's beautiful. And Angela Davis herself was like, you know, these at are least, all yeah. things that like I never thought it. Not that she didn't think she'd seen her lifetime, but the most she's ever seen in her lifetime of people accepting and internalizing the idea that the prison industrial complex has to go. At least it's yeah, planting the seed. It'll be very interesting to see um, if anything like meaningful comes out of it. Like if mm. you know, if yeah. Minneapolis uh, City Council is just playing lip service or. Yeah. They actually gonna do some shit. Yeah, I mean, you know where we both stand, but we've been watching the city council here and there, right? Our Los Angeles city council and their lip service, little lip service game that they're playing to it right now. Oh, they're not even trying to. They're they're, <laughs> they're not trying to defund. That's yeah. for sure. But they are trying to. So um, a couple days ago, Black. They're just they're just patting themselves on the back. They're not even lip servicing really. <laughs> no. They're, they're, you know what they you know what they passed the other day. It wasn't any kind of anything. It was just we're gonna research this idea, <laughs> which I I was reading a tweet that was like the one of the, here's a different initiative that they decided they were gonna research. It's been nine months and they just put the report out. So they're wow. gonna do research. They agreed that they as a council they're gonna get have their little their interns or whoever does that work for them research the idea of replacing some cops with other social services, whatever that is. They're going to research that and then talk about it. And it'll probably be nine to 12 months before that happens. And so like relying on municipalities, relying on government, govern, govern the government to get things done. How many people are going to die in nine to 12 months? How many people continue to suffer in prisons? How many people are crammed in with these outrageous outbreaks of COVID? in prisons right now like it's just it's it's they're not gonna get it done but who is you know like we have to keep actually burning shit down yep (laughs) (laughs) and i would love to but i have kind of taken in like you know people saying like white people probably shouldn't be the the ones to be doing that burning per se you know because i would love to and i'd be more than willing to but i wonder about my place in that you know who gets to burn it down? 
who burns it down. I think it's more about the moment. It's not just... If the moment is right, I guess, go, but I don't know. Wait, wait for the leadership of black or brown or indigenous people to start that. Are we there? Yeah. Well, they burnt down that Wendy's a couple days ago. It's happening. Maybe it's going to keep popping from city to city. Yeah. You know? But that, again, was burning down a Wendy's in response to a black person being killed by the police for no reason. Yeah. You know? So that is, like, a really despairing view of things, you know? That it's going to continually require blood sacrifices for like symbolic acts of destruction to happen you know that doesn't seem right unfortunately i think that's how it's gonna go i mean unless unless people are are gonna make i mean even if they do make like a concerted effort to organize for uh some sort of you know like mass um, revolty type thing, mm. but it's still gonna. I don't. I don't think there's a way of getting around people dying. Yeah. Well, no. Of course, no, like, that is true. I guess. I guess maybe it's like who and who and how they right. die. Right. Are we gonna wait for a bunch of people who are not consenting to putting their life on the line, who are just going about their business and living? Yeah. Or are we gonna put? Uh, are we gonna who who are going to be? The people who willfully and consensually put their lives on the line. I don't think do... it's 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 not real enough for for a, enough people sure. or for a lot of people. Sure. And like you I know, said, it's like I'm I don't actually want to get shot. There's a lot of you know a lot of people that it's really real for like mm-hmm. you know black mm-hmm. and brown people are just trying to survive. Mm-hmm. So it's you know it's it's it's. I don't know. I don't know if you can't can expect or talk someone that's like just you know living. Is the expression hand to foot, mouth to foot, Ma- hand, hand to, to foot. mouth, hand to <laughs> foot? <laughs> they actually auspicize through their feet. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if that's fair or mm. possible to do, mm. unless it's you know. Take strategy, I would guess. That's strategy, but again, it's also like the materials, like we were talking about earlier. It's like we're talking about the the most the most weaponized government on the planet, the with the biggest military budget, and the most toys and tools, and all of our little soft bodies, albeit some of them are recently armed soft bodies. (laughs) You know, it's like. Um, it, it always, it's like that scene in Lord of the Rings every time where it's like four, four or five little hobbits running towards 10,000 orcs. And I'm like, this isn't realistic. <laughs> you know, they didn't survive 10,000 orcs. Let's be honest. It's, it feels a little like, you know, hopeless sometimes. Oh, it's going to happen eventually. But... Don't know when. Yeah. I guess I guess in some ways, like, it's... I don't know how you feel. I'm sure you're... I know your experience is very different than mine, but I feel like, for me, it's heartening to see the white people around me 
taking up ideas and thinking about things that I haven't seen them actively take up or think about before, but it's, there's also a lot of performative social media going on. So who really knows? Yeah. What is that like from your perspective? I mean, on one hand, yeah, it's good to see people thinking about these things or performing that they're thinking about these things, but what the fuck does that do if you're not doing anything? Because I see a lot of people doing that and then also being like, well, we gotta vote. Like, voting doesn't work. I mean, let them (laughs) vote. Like, that's, you know, you can't, I don't think you can expect everyone to be an anarchist or, uh, you know, whatever. When people are taking up abolition for the first time, I'm like, rubbing my hands behind the tree being like <laughs> yes soon they will see because abolitionist thought is inherently anarchist you know yeah. so the fact that that's becoming mainstream is like in time in time they will see you know like that excites me um but yeah what well, can it be divorced will will people be able to make that logical leap of like wait a minute we can't really like destroy the prison with the state's power because the state is the prison you know, I don't know if they're going to be able to make that leap. I mean, and even, even like, past that, like, the, the prison system is not controlled by the state. The prison mm, system is private. controlled by corporations, <laughs> which control Who the control state. control the state. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. it's, you know... I guess I see it as, like, even if, even if people aren't, like, radicalized now, if you want to use that term... Hopefully the more information they're taking in right now, and even if their impetus is to just try to be a good white person, some of the information that's coming in is going to be on the path towards radicalization, I guess. It's part of my hope. I guess I only say that because I really, truly never thought I'd see anyone I know talk about abolition, and that's just like, like, to me that's like a, that's a very big project of black radicals, you know? That's the, it's, it's a big project of black radicals, and that's not something most white people would, like, easily take up, except for that it, it has come to be relevant in this moment, you know? Yeah. Well, we'll see who's still for it next year. <laughs> when they, when they all vote for Joe Biden. Yeah, the fucking architect <laughs> of like, mass if incarceration. You're, <laughs> if you're not going to vote for Joe Biden, you don't care about black people. <laughs> They're going to say that. I mean, They're going to say that. That's, I mean, that, that right there tells you all you need to know. Right. People are so... Unwilling to look. Blind and just like, yeah... We don't say blind anymore. Okay. Um, just entrenched in, like, the ridiculous of electoral politics and... Yeah. Um, the two-party system or whatever <laughs> the fuck is going on here. Mm-hmm. Because there's, there's no... There's no, there's no two parties. They are the same party. <laughs> <laughs> they are... And uh, even your boy Bernie... They're all um, in service to money. Because mm-hmm. we don't live in a democracy. We live in a plutocracy? No. It's oligarchy? Oligarchy, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, that's going to happen. And um, I don't know. Not this, not this cycle, baby, but maybe the next one people will be with us. I don't know. Being with, and like being with non-voting, I will say this, and maybe I've said this before on the podcast, like when everyone was going, 
jizzing their pants for Bernie four months ago or whenever the um, primaries were going on. I was just, you know, really annoyed and angry at the ignorance of people who, you know, participate in the system, I guess. But it did really um, push me to try to get more involved with, like, if you want to say grassroots or on the ground, direct action and organizing, you know? Mm. So I'm not think I, I don't know. I, I feel like, I feel like if people can channel, if people, if people could channel that energy that they put into canvassing and giving 27 fucking dollars to Bernie over and over and over again, which is just like disgusting to me. Like giving money, <laughs> giving money to politicians is like, just to, to me, just like so, so fucking stupid. But whatever, we all spend our money on stupid stuff sometimes, I guess. It's true. Um, but yeah, that if people could just kind of like I don't know, just consider that like maybe that is like not gonna like create like liberty and justice for all or whatever the fuck you think it is, um, and put that action, energy, and resources elsewhere because that's I guess what it did for me. I was just like I'm so fucking sick of it. But then again, but what am I doing? But that's I feel like. I feel like the reason people do that is because they're it's easy. Yeah. And there's a problem with, you know, get, giving money to big organizations because mm. they ultimately mm-hmm. are going to be co-opted mm-hmm. by capital. Yeah, give money to give so, money directly to black people and your well, friends and trans people. Just give it away like that. Like that'll help. I don't think a lot of people with money are ready for that. I know. <laughs> and it's not a tax write-off yeah. if you don't pay taxes. And it's not you don't get social brownie points for match my donation. Posting your little receipt for mm-hmm. the DNC or whatever the fuck yeah. you're giving money to. Vile is vile. <laughs> um, there's oh, something else I was gonna say that I can't remember now. It's okay. That's a good cutting off point. Is it? I can, it is. I, can I know keep you can keep going. It's <laughs> a great cutting off point. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, we're gonna talk about electoralism again, aren't we? Uh, uh, I think I feel like we talk about it every like three or four. I don't think we podcasts. talk about it that much. And you let us know, listeners. Do we talk about electoralism so much? <laughs> or anti-electoralism too much? Also, I'm really curious why people listen to us when I, I want I'm like curious who our listeners are and if they're also maybe anarchist autonomous non-voting people because I feel like that's kind of hard I don't know I would guess that if I was a voter like it would be kind of hard to listen to people who are very against it because when I listen to voters I'm like it's really difficult for me to listen to them so I'm kind of curious I don't know I guess it depends on the person because I listen to a lot of things I don't necessarily agree on that's true but I realize I might be in a minority of that. Mm. I just think it's interesting to hear what other people think, especially when they don't necessarily echo, echo my views. Yeah. yeah, I'm curious if anyone feels like piping in and letting us know. But you also have very strong critical thinking faculties, which not everyone develops in their lifetime. <sighs> it's true. Most people <laughs> I know. I know. The well, critical, critical thinking is like extremely under taught it's oh it's not... not taught at all people are programmed to be to to be the exact opposite 
uh, at least in the United States, people are just post your socialized and uh, <laughs> do whatever they literally tell you. taught in school. Like to be the exact opposite of that, you taught to be a yes person. Well, I'm guessing it has go some, with the crowd. something to do with you being a homeschoolie and me being a one room schoolie. And that weird thing, honestly, because it's hard to find people who aren't just fetishists of the whole program, you know? Yeah. Uh, that's what I was going to say. I had a friend who I was talking to, and I was like, do you vote? And she was like, oh, I do. It's kind of a fetish. <laughs> she didn't mean sexual fetish. She meant, like, the act of voting is fetishistic. No, yeah, I and it made a lot of sense to me when she said that. I was like, she was like, I know it kind of doesn't matter, but, like, I like going in and, like, you know, putting, getting the sticker and, like, posting my photo. And that's, like, that lack of critical thinking. <laughs> that's mm-hmm. what I'm talking about. That's, like, the thing of, like, I just kind of want to, like, be part of the crowd, you know? Like, I want to, like, hey, I did that too, buddy. And maybe that makes me, like, an antisocial person <laughs> in some ways. I have no ways. desire to be part of that crowd. Yeah, because it's actually kind of, it's very, it can be anta- antagonizing. And not antagonizing, but, like, a little, it can be isolating, you know? It's like, I don't. You know, uh, my my conversation with that person was like, I mean, they're an accepting person. I'm an accepting person. I was like, yeah, I don't vote at all, and I don't do that. We still have love for each other, you know. Yeah. Um, and I feel like I can respect them more because they know they're not affecting change. They know it's just a fetish. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I mean, oh, well, fetishes make sense. At least they're yeah, not blind about it. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I can. Yeah, I can respect that. I'm just like, well, at least you're not like Elizabeth Warren is the truth, and if our country was run by women everything would be fine (laughs) no no Uh. (laughs) we can stop there i know you don't want to talk about it anymore but we'll come back to it maybe in november maybe we might do no political talk november did you want to say anything else more about the guns because that is what you kind of want to focus on do you want to talk about this book i got you no it's called hunting butchering and cooking wild game that is all by Steve Rinella. What well, uh, we also forgot the I guess possibly the final installment of my first vasectomy. Oh yes. Um, so I think three days ago I got the call that my sperm sample had no semen in it. <laughs> <laughs> that means I'm here giggling. So I was very excited. Yeah. I don't know, that whole process is real weird. Right, so how are was, you feeling now, part four? Um, I feel... Part three. Better now. There was, like, a big stretch. You were scared. Yeah, there, so it's been, like, roughly three months since I had it you done. You got it literally, like, the day, the lo- like, two days before lockdown started. Yeah. So, um, yeah, there's a big stretch of that that was, like, not feeling very normal normal for me um at all um like I was getting weird pains in my not really testicles but I'd say probably like epididymis area um and your libido was feeling low wasn't it yeah I mean towards the end that started to feel normal again but I feel like still like I don't really get as many spontaneous erections as I used to, which is still kind of weird for me. Um, 
and I'm trying to think what else. But it kind of got better um, recently, right? Got last couple weeks? Or? Mm, it's better, but still not the way it used to be. Right. Um, come volume is noticeably different as well, which I guess it isn't really that big of a deal. Because I'm not, we're not trying to have children or anything, but I do mourn from my career in porn. If Babe, I you're ever not gonna did. have the big load. That... Who's gonna hire me if I don't have the big loads Baby. that I used to? <laughs> How much porn have you watched? There's all different kinds of sizes of loads. Yes. Not, I don't watch that much porn. Well, as someone who has watched porn, I will tell you there's been a, there's a vast there's a vast variation in load size. I've also heard a lot of porn uses fake jizz. It's possible for cum shots, but. Let me mourn it. No, of course, of course. <laughs> so, and sometimes I think you you can can see that sometimes there's a larger volume, sometimes there's a smaller. Volume. Oh yeah, I mean, it's, it's even before varied. there's a variation. Yeah, so but there's still variation. I'd say on average, it it's noticeably gone down. Hmm. Um, but you did get to jizz right at my vaginal canal the other night. Yes, we blasted your cervix. It was so I was nice. Cervix. Blasted Savic. your cervix. And I just have to say, for me, I'm really excited and happy. It's so nice to just be able to have sex and not think about a barrier method. Yeah. And I'm not st- worry about... Pre- you are still worried I'm still about- super nervous that we could get pe- pregnant, even though, like... The lab said there's no sperm. It's probably going to take me a little while to yeah. just be like, oh, okay, um, you're getting your periods. It's yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. It's but normal. Yeah. Yeah, I'm still pretty kind of nervous it's about that. It's understandable. It's understandable. I mean, you know how I, you know you know how I felt for a while where I was getting nervous about being pregnant, mm-hmm. and it's it's not fun to think you're going to get pregnant. You know. Yeah. Um, it is very nerve-wracking, so I understand that. I'm not worried about it. But that's only, I think, because my predilection towards being a complete cum slut is greater than my fear of getting pregnant. (laughs) (laughs) So for me, I'm just, like, really, I don't know, excited to take loads in my hole. (laughs) What? How I feel. You're allowed. It's, like, it's... And that it's not a fetish, it's just a preference. I just enjoy it, you know? Smack, smack, Take a load smack. right now if you want. Oh, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> oh. But you're feeling better. Vasectomies. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Just, I don't know, the whole thing just kind of the talk about them as if it's like nothing. Granted, it's not the most intense medical procedure a person can undergo, but it's not just nothing. It's not nothing. And I feel like a lot of the talk from at least the talk I got from medical professionals and stuff I read online was kind of researching it on my own. Doesn't really, mm, isn't really, isn't real about what the experience is, or at least... Or for your experience. Yeah, compared to what my experience was. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think after I got it and I started, like, researching more, now that I had 
now that I'd experienced some of those symptoms that weren't talked about, then I could search those. Mm. I did, I could find some other people that were like, um, kind of echoing mm. what I was saying. But I mean, that's the internet too. You can fucking find every, anything, any yeah. point of view on there. Yeah. <clears throat> but I still, I do think, I don't know. I think, I think it's talked about in a minimizing way, kind of, mm. which I don't. Like, for me, like, when my experience wasn't kind of, you know, what I was expecting based on the information I was mm-hmm. getting, like, freaked me out. Mm-hmm. I get that. I understand that. Uh. Yeah, it's, that echoes what a lot of people experience with birth control, too, which we yeah. talked about, is yeah. that people speak as if, oh, the pill, it's nothing. Oh, the IUD, it's the easiest. Oh, the patch, no big deal. You know, and people go through life-altering experiences, traumatizing experiences, mm-hmm. and deeply uncomfortable experiences, and um, not to mention whatever uh, violence they might face at the hands of the medical practitioners they deal with, you know, aside from the medications themselves. So yeah. um, birth control is not easy to figure out, and I think that's, like, the bigger myth that should be dispelled, is that in general a vasectomy, an IUD, whatever. Like, none of it's really easy. Even, no. Even, I mean, even condoms, even condoms are, like, are, talked about. Like, yeah. they're this, like... <laughs> yeah, it's simple. Everyone can do it. But it's not easy for everybody yeah. to use a condom. You know? So... And they don't work for everybody. And there's... Yeah. There's not... It's... You know, we've, co- we've come a long way, baby. And we have <laughs> options, at least, compared to 70 years ago. But, um... I'll take that... Knotted up piece of pig intestine. Yeah, <laughs> I think we should have just moved back to the sponge, my old, sp- the old trusty sponge in the sponge in the hall. And just soak up as much sperm as you can and hope for the best. But um, yeah, no, I hear you, and your experience is really valid, and it's it's really important that other uh, people with penises can hear that and know that like it's it's okay. Um, if, you know, if that's an option they want to do, know that it's there are risks involved, that their experience is going to be very specific to them. Yeah. No one's body is going to react the same way. You can't really expect to know what it's going to be like. And that's, I think, something anyone who's undertaking a birth control procedure should know and should be readily available and consented to. Yeah, yeah. Is that you know that there are unknowns. And that's what you have to consent to, the unknowns, right? For sure. And I feel like that, that needs to, I mean, I don't know how I make this happen, but I feel like that needs to be part of the dialogue between medical professionals and people, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. that are about to undergo, mm-hmm. whether it's a, you know, a ke- some sort of chemical in- intervention, hormonal, um, any anything. I mean, it doesn't have to be birth control related, but, you know, anytime you're, like, altering the body, um, through some sort of medication or vitamin or, you know. It's kind of like those, like, you know, when we watch, um, like, mainstream TV channels and there's always so many, um, uh, pharmaceutical ads, yeah, which are always like may cause you know blindness and depression and death, but bleedy diarrhea, bleedy diarrhea. It lists you know, it, it, and but that but that is part of a 
you know, series of thousands of lawsuits that happen where people experience these symptoms without being warned. Yeah. You know, um, I would guess that something like a medical intervention like vasectomy, I don't know if they had you sign something, but you basically sign away your ability to sue for medical malpractice, right? Um, I'm not sure how that works. I think, I mean, I think that's kind of anything where you undergo, go, mm. undergo surgery, mm-hmm. but I know there's, there's some kind of like statute of, I don't know if statute of limitations is the right thing, but there's like a barrier mm. beyond where, you know, if it really is gross negligence, mm. you can sue. Mm. But, but if it's just I like think it's, you inhum- have to accept the fact that. Yeah, like, you know, yeah. if you're getting put under for surgery, yeah. you might not wake up. Right, right, right. Um, and I think there can be an investigation as to whether it was, you know, like the anesthesiologist's fault mm. or you just didn't fucking wake up. Mm. But. Yeah, I mean, that's, uh, I guess, like, knowing the risks it's it's hard to know the risks when people when certain things are downplayed. Yeah, and, and, and or all the things aren't talked right, about. Right, and that's the same. You know, like we talked about this before, the experience with the IUD that I had, where like mm-hmm. there are certain things that are are out there and known, but they're not part of the like mainstream discourse about that particular birth control. Yeah, and the same with the vasectomy, where like the overriding discourse is that it's plain and simple snip, and that's that on that, without talking about the intricacies the possible risks and all of those things that you've discussed on here, you know? And, like, it it seems like people should, you know, without having to be their own, like, WebMD, have access to as much informed knowledge as they can about something like that. Yeah. So, that's vasectomy come volume three. (laughs) No, vasectomy... My first vasectomy part two is come volume. Oh. This is my vas- first vasectomy part three. Pew, pew. Pew, pew. Pew, pew. Pew, pew. Pew, pew. Because he's shooting shots now. <laughs> For the lengths, I guess. Ladies and gentlemen and babies. 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 Yeah, so, all right, that's that, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Cosmic Halitosis. If you have questions or comments or want to yell something at us, email us at cosmic, with a K, halitosis, cosmichalitosis at gmail.com. Please subscribe and like the podcast. And you can follow us on our personal Instagram accounts. I am Gorgeous Taps, and Temba is Tembizzle, T-E-M-B-I-Z-Z-L-E. Thanks for listening.